0: Hi, everyone. It's Jessica Hayden, lead counselor of Camp Raven. Camp Raven is a podcast that covers subject matters such as true crime, horror and paranormal stories and experiences. This podcast includes explicit language and graphic content that may not be suitable for our listeners. Be sure to follow Camp Raven on Twitter at Camp Raven Pod and Instagram at Camp Raven Podcast. Like the Camp Raven Facebook page, email at campravenpodcast at gmail.com and follow my TikTok page at spooky underscore Jess for more content. Now, sit back, settle in with your blankets and s'mores, and I'll see you campers around the campfire. Enjoy your time at Camp Raven. Welcome back campers. It's camp counselor Jess and I'm so happy to see some returning faces as well as a couple of new ones. For tonight's fireside story I wanted to give you a heads up with a couple of trigger warnings. Tonight our story will include descriptions of graphic violence and crimes against children. I completely understand there will be certain subject matters that may be difficult to listen to and I want to make sure everyone attending our fireside sessions feel as comfortable and safe as possible. If you feel like a particular subject is too much for you, I will completely understand if you would like to return to your cabin tonight. You will always be welcome here and we hope to see you next week. For those of you who are able to attend this week, we'll go ahead and get started. Tonight's story is Lawrence Paul Anderson. Lawrence Paul Anderson was a man with a heavy criminal past. In 2006, he was sentenced to four years in an Oklahoma prison after attacking his girlfriend, pointing a gun at her, and being in possession of crack cocaine with the intent to distribute. He was released in less than two years. In 2012, Anderson was sentenced to 15 years in prison for selling crack cocaine near an elementary school in Chickasha, Oklahoma. He was released with 20 years of probation after serving five years and four months of his sentence. In December 2017, Anderson would be sent to prison for a third time, receiving a 20 year sentence for revoking his probation in full among new charges. His probation violations included Anderson testing positive for PCP and cocaine. His new charges included being in possession of a firearm and sneaking PCP into jail. Anderson confronted a woman with a handgun in a church parking lot, and police found a vial of PCP in his underwear upon his arrest. At the time of his sentencing, Anderson reportedly told the judge that he was taking bipolar medication. In a 2017 report, prosecutors told the Pardon and Parole Board that, quote, he should serve his whole sentence. In January of 2020, Anderson applied to be considered for a commuted sentence. Grady County District Attorney Jason Hicks stated that the Oklahoma Department of Corrections warned in Anderson's application that he was a high risk to offend. However, his application was approved. After being approved by the Pardon and Parole Board, Governor J. Kevin Stitt signed off to commute Anderson's 20-year sentence to nine years. Anderson was released from prison on January 18, 2021. Interim Secretary Jason Nelson reported that Governor Stitt acted on approving the commuted sentence after being told that Anderson was going to live in Texas with his daughter and work for his son-in-law in in an oil field. But at the last minute, Anderson changed his release address to that of his aunt and uncle, Delcy and Leon Pye, in Chickasha. He had listed their address for his post-incarceration without their knowledge and had only visited the home once. Oklahoma City Attorney Robert Wagner told the court, quote, They were surprised to see him just show up, that he was out. They had no prior knowledge that he was being released, and they had never consented to him listing their address as his home. On February 9, 2021, Taranzo Pai and Tasha Yates dropped off their four-year-old daughter, Chaos, to visit her grandparents for the day while her parents ran errands. While Chaos spent time bonding with Delcie and Leon, Lawrence Anderson was about to commit his heinous atrocities. Anderson made his way to a neighbor's house across the street, the home of 41-year-old Andrea Blankenshaw. Andrea was a single mother of two who lived alone and worked from home. Anderson approached the back door of her home and used his shoulder to force his way in. Once inside, he attacked Andrea with a knife and killed her. Before this attack, there had been no prior contact or connection between Andrea and her killer. Andrea's body had numerous stab wounds and showed signs of blunt force trauma. Her chest was also mutilated. Anderson had carved her heart out and left the scene with it, heading to Delcie and Leon's home next. Anderson entered the pie home and requested a glass of water. He then proceeded to make his way to the kitchen. And cooked Andrea's heart with potatoes, fully intending on serving it to Delcy and Leon to, quote, release the demons. He then began to attack and repeatedly stab Delcy, Leon, and Chaos in the home. Time passes. Police receive a 911 call from the Pi home. The caller quickly hung up, which prompted the dispatcher to contact and report to the Chickasha police. Upon their arrival to the home, authorities heard cries for help coming from the house. They forced their way in and found four injured people. They found Anderson, whose wounds were self-inflicted in the living room, vomiting into pillows. Leon was pronounced dead on the scene. Dulcie and Chaos were still clinging to life and rushed out by ambulance. Sadly, Chaos died en route to the hospital from her various injuries, including numerous stab wounds and blunt force trauma. Anderson was arrested at the home and taken to the hospital for his wounds. On February 12th, Anderson finally confessed to also killing Andrea. After this claim, police went to Andrea's home and found her body, confirming Anderson's story. After his confession, a search warrant was issued for the pie home to collect, quote, pots, pans, and any utensils for cooking. Investigators even collected a pan that still had food in it. No further details given as to what was in the pan. It was revealed later that Dulcie had pretended to be dead so Anderson would stop attacking her. She had been stabbed multiple times, including in both her eyes. She did ultimately survive the attack. After Anderson recovered, he was transported to Grady County Jail on February 15, 2021. The aftermath of the crime was devastating to survivors and the families, as well as sparked a major conversation with prison reform and the matter of commuting sentences to repeat or violent offenders. Andrea's cousin, Brooke Burris-Wofford, stated, quote, We've lost a part of our heart that we will never get back. And also raised the question, quote, We want to know why this monster, who is dangerous, was released. Delcy Pye echoed these points, saying, quote, God didn't do this. The devil did it. And we got to get it straightened out because that shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have been out. The system is what did it. He shouldn't have been out. After his December 2017 conviction, Anderson applied for commutation in July 2019 and was denied. But three months later, he was back in consideration. By January 2020, the Oklahoma Pardon and Parole Board recommended commutation for Anderson to Governor Stitt, who approved it. Payne County District Attorney Laura Thomas made a few weighted points in regard to this particular case, stating, quote, they're supposed to first look at the criminal history of the offender. They're not listening to victims and they don't want to hear them. They're not listening to prosecutors and they call us barbarians. Andrea's then 18-year-old daughter, Haley Blankenship, also expressed her anger and concern in regards to the system failure. She said, quote, he shouldn't have been able to go up for commutation because of his criminal record. They let him out, released him early, and three weeks later, he murdered his own family and my mom. And Anderson is not the only case bringing the subject of how to decide commuting sentences in the state of Oklahoma. In 1998, Gay Carter, who worked as a cafeteria worker at the Dick Corner Correctional Facility, was stabbed to death by inmate John Grant with a shank. Before his execution in 2021, Grant sought clemency for the Pardon and Parole Board. Even with his history of violence in prison, board members Kelly Doyle and Adam Luck voted in favor of his clemency. Emails of Kelly Doyle and other board members had some controversial statements in them. Quote, Doyle states she does not believe victims of violent crimes or prosecutors should be heard at pardon and parole board hearings. Before Governor Stitt signed off, the pardon and parole board had voted three to one in favor of releasing Anderson on a commuted sentence. Brooke Burris wooford said, quote, as a result of that, unfortunately, three innocent people have lost their lives. February 23rd, two weeks after the murders, Anderson could be heard crying and repeating quote, Oh God, Oh God, during his arraignment. He told Grady County Special Judge Regina Lowe quote, I don't want no bail, Your Honor. I don't want no bail. Anderson is facing three counts of first degree murder, one count of assault and battery with a deadly weapon, and one count of maiming. Due to cannibalism not being a crime in Oklahoma, no additional charges would be made for his attempt to feed Andrea's heart to Delcy and Leon in regards to the case. Update in the case was in September of 2022, when a judge denied the request to dismiss Anderson's charges when Anderson's lawyers argued that the murders happened in Native American territory. Anderson does not have tribal membership and the charges remained. In the meantime, the families and survivors still feel the anger and heartbreak that remain. The Blankenship family was furious upon learning the details about Anderson's criminal history before his early release. Brooke Burse Wofford said, quote, We know his parole and probation officers state that he felt Mr. Anderson was a threat to himself and society. Haley Blankenship stated of the case, quote, Everything is hard. Very, very heavy trauma. Haley hopes the district attorney pursues the death penalty for the case, saying, quote, I hope that he spends the rest of his life thinking about it until he gets his life taken, just like he took those people's lives. At the time of Andrea's murder, Haley was away at college. She was a freshman at Oklahoma State University and spoke to her mother the same day she was killed, having no idea this would be their last conversation. The devastating news rocked Haley, being described as existing, quote, day by day, and sometimes hour by hour, losing track of time. Haley expressed at the time, quote, I feel like I've disassociated myself from reality a lot, and I've had to do that in order to survive every day, to say the least. She also recalls the traumatic day that she learned of what happened to her mother. Quote, I texted her every day until about three days until her body was found. My aunt drove up to Stillwater and came to my dorm. She told me while I was hanging out with my friends. Haley remembers Andrea as being quote, super resilient, very kind, wore her heart on her sleeve, as well as quote, caring and filled with so much love. Haley wrote the following about her mother, quote, I don't think I'll ever find the right words to explain how she left her mark on this world. She was beautiful, smart, kind, goofy, and amazing. She loved me and my brother more than anything in the world. She always made sure that I had something, even if she had nothing. I wish I could have one more moment with her, or one more hug. The lone survivor, Delcy Pye, remembers her chilling experience with Anderson, saying, quote, He just went crazy. He attacked my husband, and then he attacked me. He thought I was dead. God was with me. I saw everything he did to himself. I saw everything he did to my house. Can't nobody tell me he wasn't in his right mind. He was. Delcy and Leon were married for 50 years, Delcy recalling the start of their love story through tears, quote, I was 16 years old, he drove my mama's cotton field truck, that's how we met in the cotton field, and we've been together ever since. Delcy survived, but is now deaf in her left ear and blind in her left eye after the repeated stab wounds to her head. She still lives in the same home the attack happened in and has dealt with conflicted feelings of being there. She expressed quote, people look at you funny. I even had to change churches. I might have to leave Chickasha. I don't know whatever God put in front of us because I walk by faith, not by sight. Taranzo Pai and Tasha Yates endured every parent's worst nightmare. Just hours after dropping off their four-year-old daughter at her grandparents' home, she was murdered. Both Taranzo and Tasha tried their best to be strong, but this was no easy feat after the lives of two such important people were taken away by another family member. Tasha states just days after the death of her daughter, quote, For me right now, it's just like random bursts of sorrow, complete sadness that overtakes you. My little soul is broken, my baby. Taranzo said that Anderson ruined his life and implored others, quote, Tell your kids you love them. Do everything with them that you possibly can, because you never know when they might be taken away from you. Taranzo and Tasha both remember their amazing daughter. Taranzo saying Chaos was, quote, bright, so pretty, active, so sweet. And Tasha saying Chaos was, quote, so sassy and so smart. I feel like she was perfect. Chaos loved school, made friends easily, and was a very caring child. She was described as, quote, the best helper, and was always willing and ready to help. Her family said that Chaos loved God, would always say Jesus lived in her heart, and had a light that everybody could see. Chaos was, quote, a diamond in a world of coal. Her parents included the following in her obituary, quote, There is a special angel in heaven that is part of me. It is not where I want her, but where God wanted her to be. She was here but just a moment like a nighttime shooting star. And though she is in heaven, she isn't very far. She touched the heart of many like only an angel can do. So I send this special message to the heavens up above. Please take care of my angel and send her all my love. Taranzo also mourned the loss of his 67 year old father, Leon. He described his father as a quote, good godly guy. He never hurt no one. He was so sweet to everybody. Leon was raised in Brinkley, Arkansas, where he played high school football and met his wife-to-be, Delcy Hayes. Before graduating high school in 1975, Delcy and Leon married. He drove trucks for J.B. Hunt of Arkansas and a few years later accepted a position at Union Pacific Railroads in 1984, relocating the family to Chickasha, Oklahoma to start a new life. He worked for Union Pacific Railroads for 32 years before retiring and taking a part-time job at an opportunity center, where he worked with adults with special needs. He was also a devoted member of his church and was described as, quote, an eternal optimist. He loved fishing, gardening, building furniture, and spending time with his friends and family. Leon was described as, quote, a gentle and caring husband, father, grandfather, great-grandfather, brother, uncle, and dearest friend to many, a contagious spirit that loved life and everything in it. Taranzo closed out an interview with the following, quote, I do know my dad and daughter are walking in the gates of heaven together. I can see my dad. He's picking her up, saying, come on, Chaos, come with Papa. It's gonna be okay. Anderson is currently awaiting trial in Oklahoma. Updates will be provided as they come in. As the story is still developing, we can still remember the lights that were taken from this world. Andrea Lynn Blankenship, Leon W. Pye, and Chaos Winter Rain Yates. Campers, thank you for joining me tonight. I believe we're all due for a good night's rest. Let's put out the fire. Leave no trace behind, and remember the buddy system as we all walk back to our cabins. Until next time, stay spooky. Hey everyone, Jessica Hayden here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Camp Reven. This episode included research from articles written by Neil Vigdor. Barbie Lata Nadeau, Nolan Clay, Austin Brissett, Jacqueline Pizer, Matt Naham, Megan Sheets, Jolene Chaney, KOKH Staff, Caitlin Ogle, Harriet Salkmansoor, Jennifer Pierce, and Jill Cederstrom. These articles can be found in the show notes please be sure to share, subscribe, rate to help keep the show going. If you'd like to interact further, please be sure to follow Camp Raven on Twitter at Camp and Instagram at Camp Raven Podcast. Email the show at CampRavenPodcast at gmail.com and like the Camp Raven Facebook page. You can also follow my account on TikTok at Spooky underscore Jess for more true crime posts. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye.